Today on New Season. In fact, there were days the night before you told God, I can't continue to push this plow. I can't continue to break the ground or sow the seed. I'm giving up. But somehow, the next morning, even though the night before you said, I can't push the plow, somehow the next morning you got right up and you continue to push the plow, break the ground. And so, oh, by the way, the reason you got up, you didn't get up because you're black, white, yellow, or brown. You, you didn't get up because you're Hispanic, charismatic, or automatic. You didn't get up because you're Republican or Democrat. You got up because greater is he that is in you. You got up because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of you. You got right up and you continue to push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. And now, here is today's word with Pastor Sam Rodriguez. I want to get right into the word, right into the word. It's, it stems from 1 Kings 19.19. 19. It, it'll be accelerated on occasion here. I just want to illustrate this. George, come up here quickly. That's George. He's my travel assistant. He's great, and I pay him well. Come up here, George, quickly. <laughs> and so we're going to illustrate this. First Kings 19.19. I bring you greetings from our new season family in Sacramento, California. We pastor a multi-ethnic church likewise, different campuses. God is doing a mighty thing. First Kings 19.19. Here it is. This is God's word for you today. So Elijah went and found Elisha plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12 team. Elijah went over to him, threw his cloak, his mantle, across his shoulders, and then walked away. Let me repeat that. I want you to visualize this for a second. So Elijah went and found Elisha. Son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12 team. Elijah went over to him, threw his mantle around his shoulders, and then walked away. 1 Kings 19, 19. Here's what God's Spirit placed in my heart for you today, for you and every campus, every single person watching online. The plow of perseverance and the mantle of promotion. If you push the plow you can carry the mantle. Subtext would be this. When heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. When heaven starts, here's what we do. We have a little polity in our church. Just cater to me for a second here. Look, it's a California thing. Look at your neighbor, the one you like, and tell them when heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. Now tell the other neighbor, the one you barely tolerate. <laughs> Tell that neighbor, when heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. There's a fine line between the prophetic and the pathetic. I'm, I am convinced and convicted that 1 Kings 18 and 19 speaks to this very hour. For that matter, I believe that and we are living in the days spiritually speaking, just like the days of Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab was a horrible king, a mucho malo hombre. Jezebel was his wife, and she was nasty on steroids. <laughs> she hated the prophets, persecuted the preachers, and rejected truth. Elijah, on the other hand, was God's chosen prophet, a man with a mantle, a man with a message, a man with a mission. That Elijah saw a man named Elisha 
pushing a plow, breaking the ground, and sowing seeds. When as instructed by God, he places his mantle upon him. A mantle that changed his life and the history of a nation. One that was, that was subsequently embodied the notion of a greater portion. Here it is. God always provides a prophetic antidote to pathetic times. Spiritually speaking, Ahab represents forces with access and authority attempting to prompt us to sacrifice truth on the altar of expediency. Jezebel represents, represents the manipulative, sexually coercive, perverse, corrupt, cultural spirit intent to kill the prophetic voices, silence truth, and construct Asherah poles in order to marginalize the oracles of righteousness and justice. Simply stated, in the 21st century, in Georgia, all across America, and the world for that matter, we cannot deny the following. The spirit of Jezebel is alive and well. That spirit is persecuting, prosecuting, and decapitating the children of the cross. The spirit of Ahab is alive and well, robbing love, killing joy, and destroying peace. The spirit of Baal is alive and well, demanding that truth be sacrificed on the altar of the false. But here's the good news. Let me digress. Here's the great news. It's not over. I said it's not over. It's not over. How can I be sure? Here's what I want you to do. Regardless of, of what you had for breakfast or early lunch, I want you to find the biggest smile you've had this week. Put it on right now. I want to see your teeth. Dentures, teeth, fake implants, whatever it may be. We don't judge you. Just put it right now. Just go. And put that smile on your face. And with this awkward smile, look at your neighbor. I, I, I kid you not. Look at your neighbor. There's a reason for that. Because the church can't drink the Kool-Aid. We're not the sad news people. We're the good news people. And I'm tired of going across America and the world and seeing Christians sort of melancholic and sort of corporately depressed and going like, oh, woe is me. This thing is going to hell in a handbasket. The ship already sailed. Regardless of what we do, there's no good news. No, stop it. So put that smile on real good. Yeah, put it. And ask your neighbor, ask him, why are you smiling? We got to do it like this. Go, why are you smiling? Now answer your neighbor and tell him, because of the power of still, S-T-I-L-L, tell him still. Now ask your neighbor, what's still? Tell him, God is still on the throne. God is still on the throne. I said, God is still on the throne. His blood still works. His spirit is still moving. His promises are still yes and amen. And his mercies still endure forever. So don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. Because in spite of what we see on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, ABC, NBC, CBS, and even Univision. I'm contractually obligated to say Univision. <laughs> Regardless of what we see on the cover of the New York Times or Wall Street Journal or Washington Post. Regardless of what we read and see. Regardless. Ooh, don't drink the Kool-Aid. There is a spirit more powerful than Jezebel, Ahab, and Baal combined. I'm going to say that one more time till the devil gets a migraine. The spirit most powerful in Georgia, the most powerful spirit in America, the most powerful spirit in Latin America, in Africa, in Asia. I have the audacity to say this. The most powerful spirit in Iraq, in Iran, Afghanistan, Syria. Le How about this? 
the most powerful spirit in North Korea, the most powerful spirit all over the world. It's not the spirit of Jezebel. It's not the spirit of Baal. It's not the spirit of Ahab. The most powerful spirit alive today is still the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. It is the Spirit of God indeed. And it is not by might nor by power, but by my says the Lord. And where that spirit is present, there is power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. There is freedom. 2 Corinthians 3:17. It is that spirit indeed. Are there any questions? So, with that understanding, let's look at this context. We know we are the conduit of historical contextualization with a firm commitment to biblical orthodoxy. If we exegete the scripture, we know very well in its historical context that Elijah and Elisha come from two different social economic wombs. Elijah more impoverished. Elisha had money. We know this. And we know, again, via the rubric of historical contextualization, we know that as a son in the family, Elisha would have to wake up every single morning and he would have to push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. Every single morning. On sunny days, he would wake up and he would push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. On rainy days, he would still have to get up and push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. On days, on days where he was in a good mood, he would have to push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. On days when he was in a bad mood, he would still have to push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. When people liked him, he would push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. When people hated on him on Facebook, he would still have to push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. There were days that he may, may, may have had all the strength in the world, all the wherewithal, the acumen, the fortitude, the impetus. And there are days where he lacked everything. Regardless, he would have to wake up and push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. Do you think it's a coincidence that this man was pushing the plow? He wasn't at home watching Netflix. Stranger things. <laughs> he was pushing the plow, breaking the ground, and sowing the seed. And one day, Elijah comes over, places his mantle upon him, walks away, changes history. So here it is. This is for every single, this message is for every single person here. This serves as a prophetic metaphor. The proverbial plow. If you've been pushing the plow, breaking the ground and sowing the seed, this message is for you. If you've been pushing the plow, breaking the ground and sowing the seed in your family, in your home, in your marriage, in your relationship, in your faith, in your integrity, in your career, in your calling. If you've been doing it in this journey on good days and bad days. If you've been pushing the plow on days when everyone loved you and days when everyone hated you. If you continue to push the plow on sunny days and rainy days. There are days you've been pushing the plow when heaven was in your favor. And there were days you continue to push the plow when hell was unleashed to stop you. And there were days that you have all the strength and you got up in the morning with a smile on your face and you were pushing the plow, breaking the ground and sowing the seed. And there were days you didn't want to get up. Matter of fact, there were days the night before you told God, I can't continue to push this plow. I can't continue to break the ground or sow the seed. I'm giving up. But somehow the next morning, even though the night before you said, I can't push the plow, somehow the next morning you got right up and you continue to push the plow, break the ground. And so, oh, by the way, the reason you got up, you didn't get up because you're black, white, yellow, or brown. You, you didn't get up because you're Hispanic, charismatic, or automatic. You didn't get up because you're Republican or Democrat. You got up because greater is he that is in you. 
You got up because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of you. You got right up and you continue to push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. So if you've never pushed the proverbial plow, if you don't know what it is to break the ground and sow the seed, this message is not for you. But for every single person here who has been pushing the plow, breaking the ground and sowing the seed, here's what God's spirit placed in me. I'm going to say it with, with fear and trembling in the name of Jesus. And again, with an unbridled commitment to biblical orthodoxy and the centrality of Christ, and not out of the womb of emotional exuberance, but driven by the spirit of almighty God, let me share with you what God told me to share with you. If you've been pushing the plow on good days and bad days, rainy days and sunny days, a days with a smile on your face and days with tears rolling down your cheeks, on days where the windows of heaven shined on you and on days where the powers of hell were unleashed to stop you, here's the word for you. This is for you. This is for you. You, 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 you plow pusher, you. Here's the word. Here's the word. And it's, Señor, ayúdanos, Padre, en nombre de Jesús. Here's the word. There is a mantle. Which means, there, put a smile on your face. There is a fresh touch from heaven coming your way. Let me say it again. There is a mantle, which means there's a heavenly deposit coming your way. There is a mantle, which means there's a shift in your atmosphere coming your way. There is a mantle, which means there are resources and harvests coming your way. There is a mantle, which means you will not be defined by what you push. You will be defined by what you carry. If that's you, give God your best shout of praise you've given him this year. But this, it's not just any mantle. Let me break this down for you. It is the mantle. It is the mantle of drought, fire, and rain. Repeat after me. Say drought, fire, and rain. Some of you are taking any notes. Number one, it is the mantle of drought, fire, and rain. What does this mean? It's the mantle on Elijah during the drought when he prayed down fire and unleashed the rain. Its essence is captive. It's held captive in 1 Kings 18.21. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Here comes the line, the iconic line there. But the people of God said nothing. Elijah, that, this is the mantle of drought, fire, and rain. It is the mantle of prophetic confrontation. Let me explain. Oh, man, the people said nothing. By the way, the people said nothing. The people, this is God's children, said nothing. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. I'll say that again for the hearing impaired. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Number two, you are what you tolerate. There are things that we've tolerated in our generation that we have the anointing to rebuke in the name of Jesus. Number three, there is no such thing as comfortable Christianity. Number four, truth must never be sacrificed on the altar of political, cultural, or sexual expediency. And number five, while the church is waiting for Jesus to come down, and I believe he's coming, amen, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. I know he's coming. I believe. But while the church is waiting for Jesus to come down, Jesus is waiting for his church to stand up. Ephesians 5, 27. Now, let, let me, a glorious church, a thriving church. Let me explain something. Drought, fire, and rain. If you've been through at least one drought in your life, one drought, financial, relational, in your journey, in your faith walk, if you've been through at least one drought in your life, one drought, one mucho grande drought, raise one hand. If you've been through a 
couple of droughts. Nothing was growing, things were hard. Raise both hands. Oh, wow. If you've been through so many droughts in your life, you lost count. Raise both hands and a foot. If you, be honest, if you've been through so many droughts, that if right now I Googled the word drought, your Instagram account pops up. <laughs> but, but, but it's drought, fire, rain. Repeat after me, drought, fire, rain. This is important. Here's the drought, but people want to jump from drought to rain without going through the fire. And that's the chronological order of 1 Kings 18. This mantle enables you to survive the drought, to go through the fire, and experience the fullness of God's abundant rain. What does that mean? We have to go from drought to fire. Fire is a season in your life where God purges, where God cleanses, where God removes things in you and around you, and even possibly people around you that would have hindered your destiny, the fulfillment of his purpose in your life. So, so if things have been removed this year or in the past season, if you've been through your drought and you've been through your fire, and by the way, the fire doesn't make you go like, oh, glory to God. Oh, it doesn't. The fire is uncomfortable. It's, it's, a, it's, it's painful. It's not like the nicest thing. But man, when you come out of the fire, if you've been through your drought and you've survived your fire, if I were you, I'd put a smile on my face because it only means the next thing coming your way is nothing less than the sound of abundant rain. There's rain coming your way. There's rain coming your way. Ezekiel 34, 26. And in the proper season, I will send the showers they need, and they will be showers of blessing indeed. With this generation, with a Christ-centered, grace-tailored mantle, will survive the drought, pray down fire, and thrive in the rain. And those that prayed with you in the drought deserve to dance with you in the rain. Those that abandoned you when you were going through what you went through, but those that prayed, hashtag them, but those that prayed with you in the drought deserve to dance with you in the rain. Number two, it is the mantle of only God. Somebody say only God. I'm going to put this in perspective. This mantle is not some sort of self-affirming, perpetual, validating component and some sort of gospel modus operandi that elevates you above the glory of Christ. Let me explain. This mantle is about you becoming the greatest blessing to everyone you know. This mantle is about you becoming the answer to someone else's prayer. The deposit of this mantle is not for you just to put a smile on your face and go like, isn't that special? It's for you to reveal the fullness of the grace-filled work of Christ. It is the mantle of only God. 1 Kings 18.24 Call upon the name of your God, I will call upon the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire through the wood is the true and only God. Somebody say, only God. This mantle is coming your way, not just for you to survive the drought and go through the fire and experience the fullness of God's abundant rain, but it gives you the ability, the power, the wherewithal, the fortitude to declare only God. There are things that only God can do. Only God can make something out of nothing. Genesis 1.1. Only God can make a way where there is no way. Isaiah 43.19. Only God can restore the things like the damage never happened. Luke 22.51. Somebody say, only God. Coincidentally, right about this time, two years ago, on my Facebook page, my public Facebook page, I did something so inappropriate, so politically incorrect, so myopic. How dare I? Oh, woe is me. On my Facebook page, I wanted, it was Thanksgiving season, so I wanted to be thankful, because that's what we do. 
So on my Facebook page, I, I posted something that I never in my life to this moment received a backlash like I did when I posted the following. It was so wrong. So wrong. So wrong. I posted the following. Jesus is the only way. Because of what we do horizontally, vertically you get what we do, but horizontally, by the grace of God, we've had the privilege of advising three presidents and doing things across in different arenas, so I have an eclectic following, different people, but the purpose of it was not to speak disparagingly or condescending in any way, form, or shape, alienating anyone. It was just speaking truth with love. Jesus is the only way, and the pushback I got was significant. I mean, the pushback was serious. One of the pushbacks was, you know, you and your people are destroying the world. And I went, I can't believe they hate Puerto Ricans like that. <laughs> Why? What do, what do they do? They just they play great baseball, good people. I mean, but obviously it wasn't about the Puerto Rican thing. So then, then somebody was embedded in the narrative was this sort of prophetic utterance, believe it or not. I wish you and those that believe like you would one day disappear. That'll be an answered prayer. <laughs> and then it got personal. It got really, really nasty. And then they got into like you know, a lot of words that we can't share here and then, or anywhere for that matter. And, and they're really bad. And then, it gives, yeah, and you wish we would, you would die, blah, blah, blah. And then it got into like the family stuff and they attacked my family and my kids. And then they, somebody posted the name of one of them. So I went like, whoa. Like my wife went like, it was funny. It's no longer funny. Should we call the FBI or something? This is pretty crazy. And then embedded in there was the idea of this. By the way, Brother Rodriguez, if you put this, if you stop saying that, if you stop saying that, we will stop harassing you. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is that, that I, have, I have a mantle. And it's a mantle that, that compels me with love to say only God. I mean, I have a mantle that compels me, drives me, that obligates me biblically. You can't sacrifice biblical truth. So I got, I got the, like, the, give and, you know, the give and take. The deal was if you, if you take care of this and stop saying this, we'll stop coming after you. And, and cameraman, give me a close up. Wow. And I got a big head. All right, you got this? <laughs> well, respectfully, are we streaming? Lovely. Here it is, just in case I stuttered. With love, there are not five ways to heaven. There are not four ways to heaven. There are not three ways to heaven. There are not two ways to heaven. There's only one way to be saved. 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 One way for eternal life. One way to avoid eternal condemnation. There's only one way to be delivered and to be healed. One way to be set free. And it's not just any way. It is, it's not just any way. It is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. Oh, and by the way, that way has a name. It's not just any name. It is the name above every other name. 
it is the name to which every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. No other name given unto man through by which salvation has come unto all mankind. What is that name? It is the name of Jesus Christ. And there is no other way, no other name, but the name of Jesus. If you believe it, give God, give God a shout of praise. High five your neighbor. Tell him it is the only way. He is the only way. No other way but Jesus. No other way but Jesus. There is an attempt for us to sacrifice that truth. There is an attempt by Jezebel for us to stop declaring that he is the only way. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. Don't do it. He is the only way. That mantle empowers you with love, not in some sort of confrontational manifestation, but with love, truth and love ah, to declare only Jesus, only Jesus. Let me, let me wrap up here. Let me wrap up. It, it, it is, are there any questions? It is the mantle of when heaven starts and hell cannot stop it. What does that mean? It is the mantle not only of drought, fire, and rain. It is not just the mantle of only God enabling you to say only Jesus. It is the mantle of when heaven starts and hell cannot stop it. Oh, you have no... Oh, oh. This Elijah had the mantle on him. And when there was... And the, woo. So if you know the story, you, you got to look because it's, woo. So, Ahab, Ahab, Ahab goes and he's a gossiper and, and he talks to his wife and says, Jezebel, this is 1 Kings 19, 1 and 2. Jezebel, and I'm speaking parenthetically now for the purpose of contextualization. I'll digress in a second. I'll go back to the verbatim application in a second. But he, Jezebel, what's going on? Jezebel, I came down from the mountain. Yeah, I came down from a mountain. Boom, boom, boom. And there was over there. We had a confrontation of the man of the mantle. What happened? Well, remember your team, your praise and worship team and your dance team. Yep. You need to find another team. What happened? Let's just say they were, we cut up. I mean, there was stuff. And then we, our, we, we, we prayed the real God. And then we did our thing. And we danced. We did everything. We did the name. We did so many things that we were not supposed there was a lot of stuff we did and what and what happened nothing and what happened the man of the mantle prayed fuego fuego barbecue chop 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 everybody ran 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 boom 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 god all dead so so this is Jezebel's response verbatim now you could do your biblical due diligence she says this she goes I swear by my gods in the next 24 hours Elijah that man with the mantle, he will be dead. She prophesied. She's a prophesier. It sounds like a prophecy, but it's actually a lie. I swear by my God, 24 hours from now, that man will be dead. Well, let me tell you what happened in full disclosure. 24 hours came. Elijah did not die. 48 hours passed, Elijah did not die. 72 hours passed, Elijah did not die. 96 hours passed, Elijah did not die. In full disclosure, a week passed, Elijah did not die. A month passed, Elijah did not die. A year passed, Elijah did not die. 
A decade passed. Elijah did not die. 100 years passed. Elijah did not die. A thousand years passed. Elijah did not die. It's been 2,800 years since Jezebel the prophelia said that Elijah was going to die. And believe it or not, Elijah has yet to die. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 11 says that Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind and he never died. He's one of the few people on earth that never died. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter what hell has declared upon you, or your family, or your home, or your marriage, or your ministry, or your children, or your children's children. When heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. When heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. When heaven blesses it, hell cannot curse it. Some of us are not even supposed to be here right now. Oh, you're not hearing me. Some of you are not supposed to be here right now. Some of us, according to Jezebel's plans, according to Satan's plans, if you ask the devil, according to your agenda, where should we be today? The enemy will tell you, according to my plan, some of you should be right now in a hospital room. Some of you should be in jail. Some of you should be in a mental asylum. Some of you should be in an alley somewhere getting stoned, getting high. Some of you should be waking up from a massive hangover and some of you picking up that bottle right now. Some of you should be six feet under right now. But guess what? It's the month of November, the year of our Lord, 2017. Guess where we're at today? We're not in a hospital room. We're not in jail. We're not getting drunk. We're not getting high. We're not six feet under. We are in God's house lifting up the name of Jesus because when heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. I want you to high five your neighbor. Tell him, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. You're here. You're here. You're here because of Philippians 1, 6. The good Lord who started the good work in you will finish the work he has started. You're here because of 1 Thessalonians 5.24. He who called you is faithful to do it. You are here. You are here. You are here. Because of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. All of God's promises are yes and amen. You're here. If you're here, raise your hand. If you're here in spite of everything Jezebel has attempted in your life, raise both hands. If you're here in spite of what you've been through, and you've been through a lot, man, you know you're not supposed to be here, but you're here by the grace of God. Raise both hands really high. Because I want you to know something. This is the reason I praise the way I praise. Look up here for a second. Listen, you may sound that guy. No, listen, I'm a, I'm a Trekkie. I'm a Pennsylvania native. I, I went to Penn State, graduated from Lehigh University. I'm a mathematically inclined individual. I am linear sequential. I believe calculus is the language of God. It really is. So I, I am that nerdy of a guy. I'm a diehard Trekkie. I am that nerdy of a guy. But the reason I, 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 I praise the way I praise, it's not emotional exuberance. It's because I found out that praise was a mathematical equation. I found out. I found out that the size of your praise is directly proportional to the magnitude of the hell that God took you out of. I'll say that one more time. 
the size of your praise is directly proportional to the magnitude of the hell that God took you out of. If God took you out of a little hell, then you give him a little praise. But if he saved you, if he delivered you, if he healed you, if he turned you around and placed your feet on solid ground, then you give God the highest. Raise both your hands and say, I'm here. You have no idea what that means. This mantle enables you in the face of Jezebel's threats to declare, I'm here, I'm still here. When heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. Do you know why you're here? You're here. Everybody stand with me. You are standing. Stand with me. Do you know why you're here? You're here. Not because you perfectly held on to God. You're here because God perfectly held on to you. You're here not because your faith is so efficient. You are here because his grace is always sufficient. You are here because God does great things with broken pieces. You are here because you discovered long ago the secret that when life throws you rocks, you build an altar. Tell your neighbor, I'm here. Tell your other neighbor, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I am here. Oh. If this word is for you, raise one hand. I need you to understand something. Whatever, whatever Jezebel has articulated regarding you and your destiny, what God has placed on you is greater than anything hell can place in front of you. Oh, this is for somebody here, man. Oh, you're here because of Jesus. You're here for Jesus. Matter of fact, oh, raise both hands and say, I am here. Recently, someone here, the enemy has been attacking you, not because of the foolish things you did in your past, but because of the glorious things you're about to see in your future. <laughs> It's all a distraction. If that's for you, I want you to praise like the devil has been defeated. I want you to shout like nothing can stand in your way. I want you to jump like Satan is underneath your feet. I want you to dance like nothing can take away your joy. I want you to rejoice like no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Somebody shout, I have a mantle. I have a mantle. I have a mantle. We're done. We're done. We're done here. We're done here. We're done here. We're done here. The moment the mantle fell upon him. So it's the mantle of drought, fire, and rain. It's the mantle of only God. It is the mantle of when heaven starts and hell cannot stop it. Number four, it is the mantle of let it go. When the mantle fell upon Elisha, immediately, read it, read it, read it. He let go of the plow. You have to let go of the, there's a season to push the plow and then comes the season to carry the mantle. And you, two objects cannot occupy the same space. And don't settle for the perpetual plow. Don't, don't settle for the perpetual plow. Don't settle for manna in the desert when there's milk and honey waiting for you in the promised land. 
Don't settle for I am okay when you are more than a conqueror through Christ. Now, he had to let it go. Watch this. He had to let it go. There's some, every time God deposits something fresh upon you, it requires you to let go of something else. You have to let go. Let go of constructs, idea, vocabulary, unbelief, and unforgiveness. Let go of the things that are hindering or obstructing the fulfillment of God's purpose in your life. Turn your back on everything that keeps you away from God. And not only will God bless you, he will make you the greatest blessing to everyone you know. Let go. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, let it go. Tell him, let it go. Ephesians 4.31, let go, get rid of anger, harsh words, slander, any and all things that obstruct. Let go, let go, let go, let go. And the final, final point. Number five, it is the mantle of tuck it in. What does that mean? When Ahab, if you don't know the story, after Elijah did the, with the mantle, the whole drought, fire, rain, boom, boom. When the rain was coming, Elijah with the mantle tells Ahab the king, let's get in your car, man. Get out of here. Great rain is coming. Ahab got on his chariot of horses. Elijah put on his Adidas. I'm kidding. You know they were Nikes. And he raced the prophet down the mountain. I kid you not. You know who got there first? The man with the mantle. Righteousness always wins. Always wins. La santidad de Dios siempre gana. Siempre va a ganar. So he got there. And the Bible says that before he started running, he tucked in the mantle. Now the mantle was like a, a raincoat that goes to the bottom. Why would he tuck it in? Anybody know? This is practical. It's not like deep prophetic. Like, Whoa. No, it's practical. Why would he tuck it in? It goes all the way down. He's about to run. He would tuck it in. That's it. You're the man. You use the right word too. In order not to trip. That's it. That's it. Don't trip. We've seen too many good people trip over the mantle. We've seen too many wonderful, beautiful people that have not managed well the deposit from heaven. And they've tripped. By the way, anyone who trips is worthy of being restored. As the church... Unfortunately, we do a terrible job in restoring our fallen. Even those that are in the generals in the kingdom, where there's legitimate repentance, we need to do whatever it takes. We can't leave the wounded behind. We can't leave the fallen behind. We have to pick them up in the name of Jesus. But the message here is simple. Don't trip. Don't trip over the mantle. Manage God's blessings. Manage the favor of God. Manage the deposit from heaven. Learn to manage it. Why, why tuck it in? Not for your sake, because you're, but because your children and your children's children, they need what you're carrying today. This legacy of our Christ-centered faith, this Bible-based, spirit-empowered, Christ-centered faith needs to be transferred over to the next generation. So you can't trip. Look at your neighbor and tell them, don't trip. Don't trip. Don't trip. Don't trip. Raise your right hand with me right now. I am believing this, that with this mantle that's coming upon you, of course, the mantle is a metaphor for a heavenly deposit. And what we have something greater than any double portion, we have an unlimited portion because we have the mantle maker. But I'm believing right now, everyone with your hands raised here in the campuses online, with this mantle, I'm gonna speak prophetically right now into you. 
You will not tolerate failure. You will not surrender truth. You will not be silent. You will not listen to Ahab. You will not bow before Baal. You will not hide in caves. And you will not permit Jezebel to define your life. You will not be known for the plow you push. You will be known for the mantle you carry. If that's you, somebody shout amen. Shout amen. Look up here for a second. Look up here. Let me have your undivided attention. If this message is for you, if you've been pushing the plow and breaking ground and sowing seed, and some of the days you actually pushed the plow with tears coming down your cheeks, and you were asking God when, 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 I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus, there is a mantle coming your way. There is a heavenly deposit. There's a shift in your atmosphere now. If this message is 175.3% for you, and it's all you, when I count to three, I want you to come out of your seat, go into the aisle, come up here, do whatever. Just show God I'm stepping into the fullness of this word. I'm not going to stay. This is all me. If it's you, if it's not you, we're cool. If it's you, you know who you are. Matter of fact, one, two, three, do your thing. Come right now. Stand up, pick up your mat and walk. The words of Jesus, John chapter 5, to the man who was paralyzed. Your days of paralysis are officially over. If you've been blessed by this program, if you've heard from heaven, if God has spoken to you, to your family, to your dream and your destiny, now I want to encourage you right now to generously sow a seed into this ministry. This ministry for the glory of God, not rhetorically, for the glory of God, we are seeing the world change. We are literally reaching millions around the world through God's transformative word, through his power, through his spirit. We're committed to the centrality of Christ, to the word of almighty God, and through a free flow of his spirit. I want you to help me change the world. I don't want to talk about changing the world. I want to really change the world. But it requires your help, your financial investment, your generous love offering. The information's on the screen. Follow me on PastorSam.com on Facebook, Reverend Samuel Rodriguez, Twitter and Instagram, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. I want you to follow me right now, but I want you to visit our website and I want you to give right now. Sow a generous seed. I assure you, your life will be blessed because you and I will be the greatest blessing as we touch the world. We are not talking about changing the world. You and I, we're changing the world in Jesus' name. God bless you. God keep you. If this message is ministered to you, please consider sowing to this outreach ministry. Make your check payable to New Season, P.O. Box 246090, Sacramento, California 95824. Additionally, you may make a secure donation by visiting our website's give page at newseasonedworship.org. If you are in the Sacramento area, we invite you to join us at New Season Christian Worship Center. Sunday worship services are held at 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. We look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for watching. Join us next time on New Season with Pastor Sam Rodriguez.